What up, what up? Thanks again for tuning in. This is The Activated Podcast. Your host, Ibu, as always. Oh, man, today, uh, I'm going to tell you guys something, man. Today, I have a special treat. This one here, for sure, you guys will enjoy. But before we even get into it, uh, I need to remind everybody that this Friday in Toronto, one of the biggest artists to ever touch the city of Toronto will be there, Mr. Fali Ipupa himself, Chokos. I hope I said that right. Um, and alongside, um, and I will be your host MC at the event, so please, I know you guys wait last minute to get your tickets, but please, 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 if you wait last minute, I might still have some late, but you want to make sure you hit me up early, or if you're listening to this, you can get the tickets online on Ticket Gateway. Uh, if you put in Fali Ipupa for sure, this is the only and the biggest thing happening in Toronto this Friday, August 31st, inside the Phoenix Center. All right, so to actually help me prepare the city of Toronto a little bit, you know what I mean? I do have uh, some very famous friends of mine, okay? So in the building right now, I, I don't, to not even mess up the intro, I wrote down a couple of things, okay? We have Music Africa executive or director. I don't know one of the, it sounds like it's a VP position to me, right? <laughs> we, uh, artist scout promoter, brand ambassador. Uh, that's the only thing I could come up with. But my good friend Peter Toe is in the building. Hello, sir. Hello, how are you? How you doing? I'm good, I'm good, thank you. You look like you're tired already, man. You look like you was beating people up on your way, <laughs> on your way here. Nah. Uh, <laughs> is it is it to, to get ready for... No, no, you know, it's a long drive to go. Do you... Do you this is like <laughs> an hour away from... I just kept driving and driving you kept and driving. Dri- I was like, where am I going to? At some point, I even thought I was lost, man. You know, the, the, the best things are kept secret and far from everybody else. Mm. You know what I mean? It's a big reveal. That's why it took you maybe a little bit to get here. So, But thanks for coming, man. I'm glad, I'm glad you made it. Well, I appreciate you having me here. Um, this is kind of like an overdue conversation podcast that she, we should have done. D- just to give you, just so you know, um, all my MC's gigs that I've gotten so far... I think they all came from <laughs> <laughs> they all came from you, you know. Yeah. Um, and I remember, and, and I'm gonna share a story with people listening right now. I remember the first time I put the co- podcast out. See, the thing about Peter, those that don't know Peter, Peter is very—he's not biased. I would like to say, right? I try not to be. I try, <laughs> you I try know, not, yeah. you gave me a call. I don't know. Maybe you don't remember this conversation, but you did call me. He was like, "So, what's going on with the podcast?" I was like, "Ah, you know, I'm just whatever." Okay. You know, I checked it out. It's good. But forget the podcast. <laughs> He's like, forget the podcast. The videos is good. Keep going with the video. And I sat there, I was like, damn, you know, I didn't know, I didn't know how to take it with it. And I was like, damn, you know, but I definitely say it was for me, it was an extra sense of like motivation. I was like, man, I gotta get Peter on the book. Cause once I get Peter in. But Peter, I feel like you're. I, do you feel like you're a hard man to please in a sense? No, no, not uh, not actually. Uh, basically, the way I handle business and the way I handle the people that I work with or yeah. any anybody that I interact with, it's I try as much as possible to work with what that person has given me. Yes. So if say I know that um, the first of all, just be um, be upfront, be straightforward, be honest. Yeah. With that. Anything can happen. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so with you, I'll give you an example. When I when I when I heard the podcast first, I thought to myself, well, this is not something that happens often. Yes. Like it's I knew Ibu in one light, and now out of a sudden I'm seeing something different. So it, it, it actually got I was curious, and then I listened to it, and not only this, but then I pay attention to what other people are doing. Yeah. And what I also try to do is I say, I say, look, we all work within the African entertainment industry here in Toronto. Right. And if there is an outlet that uh, more people can get to know the work that we're doing, then it's very important that we try as much as possible to encourage it. Mm-hmm. Hence, I gave you the call, yeah. and I said, look, okay, keep doing what you're doing. These are one or two tips that you can, <laughs> you know. That we could benefit. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, and like I was saying, this is, 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 is good to... To know, because I, I think for me, your stamp of approval stands by itself. And I know, I know you personally. I know that you're not co-signing something that you either don't think is yeah, good no, or no. you don't see the potential of it. Yeah. Because me and you have a lot of conversation about a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. So I was just like, okay, cool. So I mean, for me, um, I think it was a sense of like there's there's light at the end of the tunnel. So I was like, you know what? If I pursue it, which you know, I take very serious, like the craft of, like, doing the podcast and, like, learning about things. I was like, okay, cool. Like, we could keep it going. That was, like, almost a year now. Yeah. It's now, about, that it's, I, now that I look back, it's like, damn, like, it's, it's been a long time since it started. Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a while. And uh, I've listened to some of the work that you do. Not all of it, obviously. Yeah. I've listened to some. And you've got some interesting guests here <laughs> on, on your show, some people who have got interesting perspectives. Yeah. Um, which, is, which is great. Yeah. You know, it obviously gets people to think about certain aspects of life. Right. And some professionals, others are uh, not. Uh, there is uh, one show you brought an artist on. Yes. Um, and K K three. Shout out to shout out to K three. If he's li- if he's listening, sorry. If he's still listening, that's probably like one of my favorite. Um, I don't know that that interview. It it did. See, sometimes I go into things and I don't see how big of I don't know how big it will become. Yeah. But that was probably. Out of all the ones I did, it's probably top five. Oh, that's good. Most watched, most viewed, and you know what I mean? I just wish that he was a little bit more, more engaging. proactive. Yes. And, like, if I was him, in a sense, like, I would have picked that up and, like, kind of, like, followed through. Because momentum is important in everything you do. Yeah, plus uh, with him, on, on one side, I think what uh, if, if I were him, I would have uh, helped market myself yeah. more on that interview. I think he missed uh, he missed that opportunity. That opportunity yeah. Yes, and he came off as a timid person. Yes. He, he's not he's not really out there. Yeah. He lets his work speak for uh, for itself. Yeah. But however, in my perspective, if you're an artist, if you're anybody who is creative, then you are your best marketer. There's nobody who There's can nobody market. Who yes. Know, yeah. <laughs> so if you if you don't seize any opportunity to let people let the world know what you're doing, yeah. then I feel you're selling yourself short. Yeah. And it's just a matter of time that you're going to phase out. Mm-hmm. And it's not you're going to phase out not because people don't support you, right. but because you've not given them a reason to. To continue. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, me, per, like, I was excited. I was so excited about his music. Like, this is why I was like, yo, you have to, you know what I mean? Because I'm like, I've, I hear a lot of songs and, and artists and things like that, but that music was very, I don't know, it, it moved. I still listen to it to this yeah, day. Yeah, it's good. It's good. Um, yeah, it's got some good but, stuff. But I was like, man, like, but, you know, you're only as good as, the person who listens to or whatever. I even trying to actually like direct them to you a little bit when you had the um, the opening for the Afrofest um, artists to, uh, to yeah. perform and things like that, which yeah. we're going to get into. 
in a little bit, but you know, I I, I don't know. You know, you can only do so much to to help uh, the situation in a sense. Right? And, and, yes, and sometimes what I've what I've come to understand is some people have it, but they they've not been touched as yet. Yes. They so. Um, as much as you may tell somebody that, hey, you have it, wake up, wake up, wake up, unless that person themselves, they decide, decide yeah. to wake up, you can't do anything about it. <laughs> so, yeah, it's and only so yeah, much, yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I I'll say, well, you have it, so we'll wait. We're here. We're not going to anywhere. Yeah. When you're ready, you come to us, and then mm-hmm. based on what you have, um, we, can, we can do something together. However, uh, I think this is something that most artists make the mistake on. Um, if you're creating, keep creating. Yes. Um, so because sometimes somebody will, somebody will send me a, a music video or, or something and tell me that, hey, Peter, I've been, um, you know, I have got a lot of stuff. I'm like, okay, great. Let me see something. And then your most recent video is five years old. <laughs> I'm like, okay. That's a, that's, a, that's a long time. That's a very, very, very long time. Yeah. And with, with considering that music changes very fast. Yes. I'm like, okay, if I book you right now and you present five-year-old stuff, then what's going to happen tomorrow? Yeah. If I, I've had, true story. There's this guy that I worked with in 2013. Mm-hmm. I and after giving him a show 2013, he he gave me a hard time. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take a break. <laughs> you know, I'm going to put you on. I'm, I'm going to put. On. Are we putting anybody name on blast? No, today no, 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 no. The, the names that the names that I have to mention will be mentioned. Okay. This, yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we, we that's some really in, interesting yeah. things that happened. Honestly, I know. I'm, I'm just, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, you because I, I want you to once you give the name, I'll run with it. <laughs> no, 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 no. I'll not. I'll not no, do yeah. that for the, for this one. Yeah, it's because it's somebody who does some good work, and I okay. respect the work he does. However. Uh, 2013, I hired this guy to perform Afrofest. Good artist, he performed. 2018, I hired the guy. And while I'm working, I'm listening to his set. The same set. From five years ago. Five years ago. I'm here listening. I'm like, guy. <laughs> That's, uh, maybe those, those are, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, no, I was trying to come up, I can't, I can't think of it, yeah. And so, so in, in, in this regard, I'm like, okay, what do you expect me to do? Yeah. To hire you again? Mm-hmm. No, the next time I'm going to hire you, I'm going to ask you for a CD. Because, <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm going to ask you for a CD. I'm going to ask you for yeah. more stuff. Because previously, yeah. I, I hired you based on shows that you had done, based on your social media activity, right. the fact that you've been collaborating with some, and he, this guy is out there, he's a real artist. He's, yeah. one, of, he's one of those that is representing the... the, the the African heritage here in Toronto. Especially locally, okay. Yes. So he's doing a good job on that on that front. Right. But when it comes to presenting a one-hour show, that's a whole different animal. It's a different beast. Yes. You need to have material. You can't just go back into your previous archives and say, okay, I'm going to present the next set. Maybe just watch a video. Oh, that's what I did five years ago. Okay, let me <laughs> Come on, man. Give me something different. Yeah, <laughs> that's so, hilarious. Yeah. Oh, man. I, I can almost think in my mind, I was like, mm, who could it be? I'm you know, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're <laughs> not, you're not figure it out. <laughs> no matter how hard you try, you're not get it. <laughs> so, I know we got into the artistry and things like that. Let's, I, I want, I want to pull back a little bit. I want us to get into, um, so people understand, like, you're not just saying things out of the blue. You've actually been doing this um, for some time. So, the background, obviously, you are, did I get it right? Executive, uh, I, I know. Okay, I, I, I'm, I'm the artistic and executive director of Music Africa. 
Yeah, this is a big title. And you're the most famous uh, person that I personally know. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Peter is, is famous without a without a face. I'm sure sometimes people come talk to you about Peter, but they don't know that they actually no, no, <laughs> speak so, to Peter. So many times, so many times. I've got situations where somebody will meet me uh, and the Afroface conversation comes up. And uh, one time this guy told me, hey, I know the guy who puts together Afroface. Yeah. I'm like, oh, is that right? <laughs> like, yeah. And another guy would tell me that um, I actually performed at Afrofest last year. I'm like, who booked you? Say, I know the guy. I know the guy. So, well, okay, no problem. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm not even. I'm not, I'm not, at that point, I'm not even. So essentially, myself. there couldn't be somebody to perform without you knowing it, of course. No, no, no. Because that, that, they they go through you. Yes, um, uh, all the uh, for the past, I would say since 2011. Yeah, I've hired all the artists that perform at Afrofest. Now, um, I also want to get into it. Tell me, I'm thinking. So for at the talk to me like the very beginning of Afrofest. Like, how did you get stuck? Because I'm sure you didn't just start like as an artistic VP or the position that you're in now. Did you like start? volunteering or anything like that? Okay, so this is what happened. I think in 2007, I, that's when I came to Toronto. Okay. So 2007, I remember uh, there was this day I got off work and uh, a gentleman told me that, hey, there's Afrofest, can you, are you, are you interested? It's a big African event. I'm like, okay, great, let's go. Yeah. So we went to Afrofest that year and uh, we went the Saturday, it was great. So I thought, hmm, okay, Sunday I also have to go. Sunday, I was a bit disappointed with the artist selection. Okay. So based on that disappointment, I decided not to go in 2008 because I thought, okay, the artists were not up to par. Yeah. I thought um, the uh, the DJ was not solid enough. I'm like, okay, if these guys are saying they're presenting an African show and it is not really what I'm hoping to see at an African show, why do I even have to go there in 2008? Now, fast forward 2009, I was, um, then I was in school, and I thought to myself, okay, why am I shying away? If I see this is the biggest African uh, uh, festival event happening in Toronto, yep. instead of me stepping back and saying I'm not going to do anything, let me ask if I can join. And that, uh, at, the, at that point, I used to be uh, an, an MC. I used to be, uh, had a radio. I had a, <laughs> okay. I had a radio show. I used to DJ. I used yeah. to do other stuff. So I said, okay, I'm going to join in the capacity of a yeah. DJ, maybe, or um, help do one or two things. So I contacted Music Africa, introduced myself, told them that I'm willing to help, and I think based on the way I contacted them, they said, okay, yeah, I, I can come in and volunteer. But here's the tricky part. I would like to believe that the reason why they invited me into the inner circle is the way I handle my first year volunteering. Because I noticed that, yes, people were working, but there was that, um, there, was, there were a lot of gaps. So they just set the machine and it goes. Yeah. And then everybody chills. But there the, uh, the, the, the things that needed to be done or questions that needed to be answered, people's frustrations, and the uh, executive at the time never did a, I, I failed or not doing a good job to communicate with people. Okay. So as a volunteer, understanding the organization, I began doing that. Uh, so I did, I did that and um, it worked well. Important, most importantly, after Afrofest, that's the most, imp that's the most important time. Right. <clears throat> that's when you have to check to make sure that all the garbage has been picked up, all the fences are down because the city of Toronto tells you by seven o'clock in the morning, everything has to be out. Now, I remember, at 3 a.m. in the morning, 
it was three of us at Aquafest picking up fences oh, and, and picking up garbage and, and, and picking up. So at that point, I think those who were running the, the festival, they were like, okay, you know what? Maybe we need to work more with this guy because yeah. he's, he's actually working. And um, luckily enough, uh, the position for artistic director was open as as was a volu- uh, volunteer. Yeah. So um, I joined, and ever since then, I would I would say this: the first show I did was a catastrophe. <laughs> I I I, fa- I failed woefully, and when I failed, everybody around me on the board, people who work with me, they saw the amount of effort that I put in and failed. And they're like, if I believe uh, the sentiment was, if I put in this amount of effort and fail, what if I put the same amount of effort and succeed? So they called me up and said, hey, you know what? Don't worry about that. Keep on working. Yeah. It just gave me that feeling that I'm among people. I'm among, like, this is a family. Yeah. You know, they are willing to uh, work with the mistakes that we make. And um, if I keep on doing what I'm doing, putting in uh, the energy that I'm putting in, better things are going to happen. So that was in 2010. Uh, 2013, I now became president of the organization. Uh, from, the, from the bottom straight to the top. <laughs> that, yeah. that, I mean, because I'm listening to you because I've known you a long time. I can't even remember at what point, at what year did we meet? Uh, we met. Uh, you probably have a better. I have my memory. No, I can. I can. T- I, I can. T- I can tell you exactly because um, that's also when I met. Uh, you may know uh, Mother Lanita E N T Jacques. Yeah, Jacques. Jacques. Okay. Yes, um, I met Jacques in 2010. That was when we were doing the uh, Cartier Latin concert. Jacques came out of the blue. Out of nowhere. Yes, and he really assisted me. If he was not there, I don't think I would have been able to do anything. <laughs> to do the show. Yeah, so. I'm trying to think, because I, I think by the time, when I came on board Motherland ENT, and shout out to the home team, um, I think they have, at that point, they done two Afrofest after parties. Yes. I think I came on, they had just finished the second one. Yes. So, I mean, even to, to, to kind of like, um, to what you were saying, not, I mean, not to compare the stories, but when I tell people my first time going to Afrofest was just go there and chase women, they was like, what would you mean? I was like, that was literally why I went to Afrofest. I didn't care about the, not that I didn't care, but I wasn't, I was younger, so I didn't, like the culture was like, okay, you, you know, we just went there for the woman. So, and we would go there like Saturday, 11 p.m. Yeah. So I never actually knew like there was a whole show that was happening like during the day, during the thing. And when I met Jacques, um, then I was I was kind of helping um, planning the after parties. Yeah. So that's kind of start. You know, I started from just be sitting in the room and just listening to everybody, and to like now, like obviously last year I did. Yeah, you did. You, you pulled. You pulled. <laughs> like yeah, I, I, you, I went from yeah. like which is which is crazy, but and I think people underestimate. To your point, is like everything takes time to like to follow suit. And to especially consistency, I think consistency is yes, consistent. Consistency is big, and not really paying attention to what every other person is doing yeah. is, I would like to believe, one of the keys in this business here in Toronto, uh, because um, you can look at the uh, well, I put it, there's food for everybody. Uh, a lot of times, uh, doing what we're doing, uh, people look and say, "Hey, this person is doing this, so I'm not going to do it." Or, I don't mm-hmm. think I'll be as, as successful as successful as this person. Yeah, and. Uh, or sometimes we just feel that the market is overflooded and we, want, we will not have uh, room to grow. Um, no. 
we began doing the after party, and I think when uh, we started, we never had a foot in it. There were, there were so many people doing it. You know? <laughs> like everybody, which yeah. I, I mean, funny enough that we talk about it, I think every year, like there's, there's always a random group of people that would try, like they would, and they brand it as Afro, official Afro after party. But not to get it confused, there's only one official. Yes, <laughs> but, but, and, and here's, here's the other part, because uh, with this, um, I was speaking to a few people uh, not even up to a week ago, and the guys asked me, what do you think about these other individuals who are doing the Afrofest after party? And I said, look, it's great. You know, because one thing that we try to do is to create a brand which is so strong that other people can latch onto and based on it, grow. Yeah, yeah. So if we say, hey, oh, we are the only ones who are doing this or we are the only ones capable of doing this, it means that we're trying to take away opportunity from other people who are trying to benefit from the work that we have already done. Yeah. I feel that's doing an injustice to the community that we're trying to serve. So in, in, in that respect, when people say, hey, I'm doing an, after, an Afrofest after, I'm th- by all means, but what I don't like. <laughs> that's what I was, I was about to ask you. I was going to let you finish here. Yeah, go ahead. What I don't like is people use my name. Yes. That's, that's where I would say you're, you're pushing it. Yeah. Use the brand say you're doing an Afrofest after party, um, let me know. I will support you. Mm-hmm. But where you say, hey, Peter has endorsed this. I'm working with Peter. And then people come and call me and ask me because yeah. pe- some people, I don't hide my phone number. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, and plus, like, you, can, can you even, can, uh, see, my thing is, my frustration with the whole thing is, like, if, like, I don't see why team can get bigger and work together. But it's like if you do, and, and we know we're conscious of what we're doing because we're using the name that has already been built by other people's hard work. Yes. All you have to do is be like, yo, Peter, I'm thinking about doing after, you know, I know you guys do. Can we do it together? Can we figure it out? Okay, I'm able to pull 200 people. We do three, four, 500 people that weekend. Can we do it in a, in a bigger aspect? I think that's more commendable. for me. Anyways, that's how I look at it. But it's like... You know, the person will see you. He know he's doing some shady stuff, but he, you know, he just expects you to be like to to be to be okay about it. And then that's what strain a lot of relationship that we have in the African entertainment community. Yeah. I mean, from my perspective, anyway. No, no, yeah, and uh, in that respect, you're right. However, I, I but to add to that, mm-hmm. um, you see, when people do that, like, okay, no problem. I'm here. I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> so I mean, from as. For you were saying from 07, which is as early as you probably could, could put a date yeah, to yeah. Yeah, so um, when you do it, if you're working with an artist, if you're working with, um, say, promoters and all whatnot, mm-hmm. the platform that we're creating, and look, we've not even started. Yeah. Like, the, the, the goals that I've set for the African entertainment industry here in Toronto, um, I think if I tell people what is coming down the pipeline, people will tell me that I'm crazy. <laughs> no, honestly, but I know it will happen. Yeah. And so when I see the opportunities that we're trying to create for artists, and when I tell an artist, okay, please don't go down this route or wait, and the artist thinks maybe I'm saying this because I don't, I don't want to support them, yeah. or they, uh, I would say, do certain things that I've recommended that, that they don't do because it's going to hurt the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, great. If that's what you feel like doing, go ahead. But then don't come back to me when you see the bigger platform and tell me, hey, you went on. <laughs> it's too late. It's too late. It, <laughs> do, you, it, it, do, do you feel like you hold grudges? Would you, would, if somebody does you wrong, like, do you then, would you change your mind about it or do you got to let them suffer a little bit? No, no, I look at your work. Okay. 
your work has to speak for itself. So take for instance, if if um, you tell, if I tell you that look, don't go go down this route, mm-hmm. and you tell me that no, you're going to go down that route, I'm like, okay, great. Now if you go there and you don't succeed, <laughs> don't. <laughs> that's why I'm like, okay, yeah. you, you wanted to do it by yourself. Yeah. Now if you have not succeeded there, then how am I going to benefit from you? Because you're bringing a failing reputation onto a brand which I, I would like to believe is successful. Yeah. So if you wait and then let's grow together in that way, maybe I can help brand you differently. Maybe I can help present you in a different light as opposed to you going out there by yourself, yeah. branding yourself. People see you in a specific light and then when it breaks, you come back and say, okay, how can, we, how can I come back under the fold? That's a bit difficult for us to handle. But uh, grudges, it's... it's I uh, I move fast. <laughs> I mean, business, I guess business doesn't. There's not really. It doesn't benefit the community overall to yes. hold to hold graduates. No, no, it doesn't. It doesn't. If, if if you have to think, um, when it comes to let, let's let's stay in maybe a little bit of Afrofest. I know last minute, right? Because I know like now it, everything is. It's like a well all your machine like it happens fast you know like you get sent contracts and things like that yes. for when you started like let's say from 07 to this year where uh, Afrofest celebrated 30th year um, and which was huge and I mean I'm grateful I was a part of it as much as I was how much do you think um, how much bigger can the festival get? Because right now, what do they average a year in terms of... Uh, numbers, we have about 120, 130,000 people who pass through the festival. And, uh, both Saturday weekend. and Sunday. Yes. Um, I'm glad you asked this question because, um, interesting story. Back in 2000, I would say, when I took over the organization in mm-hmm. 2013, I was having a conversation with, or I had a conversation with a gentleman who was within the organization and where he had worked with us on, on multiple... Uh, on multiple projects, and uh, so I told him that, look, I don't see why this organization is this size. We have the potential to be a lot bigger. And the question I can never forget, he asked me, what is wrong with our size? <laughs> oh, he was happy already. I mean, yes. in, the, in, the, in, the, in the mindset. So it is, it, and, and, I'm, and I thought to myself, look, you've got a brand here which is really successful. And you've got the potential to grow it to be way bigger than it is right now. And you're asking me what's wrong with the size? So at that point, I now realize that, you know what? Maybe we have to change the mindset of people who are working within the organization. Yeah. And um, that, that, that's what we, we, uh, we succeeded in doing. So now, how much more can we grow? I'll give you an example. When you ask how much can we grow, how far can we go? I'll give you an example right now. Um, I'm going to Ghana in about two weeks' time. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, December 2018, we would have a version of Afrofest in Ghana. Wow. Um, and that's just one. Hopefully, we're also going to start, we're going to do something in earmark three locations for next year, not in Canada, other locations around the world where even if it is just one stage or in one club to take artists, the three, four, five artists from Toronto to go to these areas. And... Um, Sorry, I'm distracted right now. Can we kill this damn it, fly? It will not come back. It's done? Yeah, I don't think it will come back. <laughs> okay, sorry, go ahead. <clears throat> yes, so uh, the plan is one to... Um, 
to take the brand that we've developed here in Toronto mm -hmm. and um, sell it to other parts of the world. Because I've realized that most of the other parts of the world are paying attention to what we're doing and they're asking how they can associate themselves with, with us. Okay. So it's important that we get there. And also, a tricky thing that I that I have uh, come to understand. So take, for instance, if we go to Africa and start doing Afrofest, say we brand it there solid. In 10 years' time, the 10-year-old kid in Africa is going to know what Afrofest is. So this year it goes. When that person is, say, 20 years after they finish high school and say they want to go to Canada, yeah. say they, they find themselves here, they will already know the brand. The brand, yeah. So when they're coming to Toronto, they know that if they want to associate with other Africans, it is Afrofest they have to go to. So our expansion in other localities is not only to present an event, but it is to create that cultural awareness that people can identify with while they are still young. So when they get here at any age, they know that they've got um, home, they've, they've got a, a community here that they can easily associate themselves with and feel more at home in Toronto. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, uh, that's what I was thinking about, too. Like, when I first went, <clears throat> um, it was at Queen's Park. Yes. Which was the first location. Maybe a lot of people don't even know about the Queen's Park location. But being that you were in the inside of every, I mean, you know everything that goes on. What was the issue um, with the Queen's Park location? Is it because we outgrew it? Or sometimes you hear rumblings about the city giving... Uh, a hard time to put these uh, this festival together. Um, actually, it's a, it's a bit of both, a bit of almost everything. And I'm I personally I'm glad we moved out of Queens Park. Okay. Because the first time I attended Afrofest at Queens Park, I realized we have a problem. Now I don't know about maybe, maybe it's designed well. Yes. Yeah. However, um, the, the first the the city's complaint is. We, we we too big to have an event that size at the park in which we close down Queen the, 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 I think the Queen's Park Crescent yeah. it's, it's a major artery in on city traffic yeah I think it goes oh yeah the street that goes around the park yes. okay yes yes so basically if we closing down one side of that street or reducing uh, the lanes it's going to affect traffic significantly yeah and luckily or un uh, unluckily we have the people who live around that area, they've got connections. Those are like the heavy dippers in Toronto. Yeah. And so if they don't really identify with your festival, being the fact that it is African, and most of them there are not African. Of and, course, yeah. Yes, and that, and that was way back when I would like to believe that uh, maybe uh, things have changed right now, but then it was not quite open. Um, they will most, since they have a community, they will most likely fight against it. Mm -hmm. Not because we're doing anything wrong, but the community will put pressure on the councillor to say, hey, you know what? This is too big. It is too Get noisy. There. And it is disturbing traffic. But the main reason why I like that it is out of there is because the subway passes right under yeah. us. You could be playing music loud on stage, and you can hear rumblings from the bo at, at the uh, at the bottom. Oh, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I mean, it makes sense because I remember when I went there, uh, we took the subway to Queens Park. Uh, I think that's what the subway station is called, Queens Park, and then yeah. we walk, uh, we walk over. I think I assisted there maybe two or three Afro fests. Yes. And then um, the following year was moved to where it is now, which is uh, Woodbine 
park. Yeah, if you can remember, I think it was back in 2011, um, it was, the resonance was quite heavy that a tree fell. And a tree fell on part of the audience. <laughs> yeah. How big was this tree? No, it was a, a heavy branch from the tree that, that came. They just, oh, shit. Yes, and uh, we had to stop the festival. Uh, we brought, uh, we called an ambulance and everything. And based on that incident, yeah. the city actually had to look at the trees that were there. How old are these trees? And some of them are pretty old. The city has to work hard to preserve them. So knowing that okay. there, is a, there is a tendency of these many people making this much noise with old trees around, that was just a warning. Yeah. I thought to myself, okay, it's about time. Okay. It's about time we... Uh, we now, now that you put it that way, like, obviously that, that makes sense. See, my thing is I used to come there late. You know, <laughs> my time was between 10 p.m. and all. So you had an agenda. Like, I hey, came there for, for, a purpose. for a special purpose. You know what I mean, snipe yeah. out and now. Which, I mean, yeah, I, I miss I miss all of that. Now, the second time, the second scare. Now, this is this one here scared me a lot because I kept seeing things in the media that uh, the city was also trying to reduce it to a day after you move to the bigger location. Yeah. And um, that 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 scared me a, a lot because I know like we talk Afrofest all year long. Right? As yeah. soon as the last one is done, it's like, okay, cool. What are we doing next? Exactly, right. exactly. Um, talk to me a little bit about that process and why did they trying to um, shut it down or at least trying to reduce it to one to day? You were saying, yeah. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, so basically, even though it was going on and there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of media attention to it, I was cool. I knew it could not happen. You know, being in the negotiation, being understanding uh, the, the way uh, everything happened, I, I laughed because I thought to myself, if this, if it happens, then um, we would have quite a bit on our hands. Um, so, so the year prior to that, you remember, you remember the group Kasav? Yes. Okay. Now, it's, a, it's, a, it's quite a, f- a few things. Uh, miscommunication between Music Africa and the City of Toronto and various city departments. Because we have a permit. It was the 25th year of... Uh, uh, it, no, the Panam Torch was coming down. Okay, yes. yeah. Panam, I, I think that's when they put the big sign at the, at the city, city Hall. Yes. The big Toronto sign. I think that was that year, too. Yes, it was, it was, it, yes, it was 2015. Yeah. So we're having the Panam Games. We were bringing in Kassav, and uh, it was, we had done quite a bit of marketing. So I negotiated with the city. I told them that, look, for this one year that we have Kassav coming down, a major group, could he give us, instead of ending at 8 on Sunday, we would like to go up to 9 o'clock. City of Toronto sent me a letter in, <clears throat> excuse me, they sent me a letter in, I think it was February or March, telling me that, yes, everything is good, I can get a permit to end at 9 o'clock. Okay. So based on that, we made our planning, we made our program, we did everything we were supposed to do. Okay. Finally, when we got the permit from the city, and you sign artist contracts, you tell the artist, this is what you're going to do, and everything. Right. So based on that, we uh, decided to, we, we designed our program. And then um, two weeks to the event, when the final permit comes out, we see on the permit, on the noise permit, it says you can go up to 9 o'clock. Okay. On the event permit, it says you, can, you have to end at 8 o'clock. 
Now, the noise permit was given to us in March, March, April. The event permit was given to us in two weeks to the event. So I'm, I call the city and I'm like, hey, what's going on? You guys are telling we can make noise up to 9 o'clock, but you're saying we cannot go to up to 8 o'clock. Which one is which? Plus, based on the email that you sent to us uh, about five months ago, you said we're good to go for 9 o'clock. So we've already designed a program with that time. It's impossible for us to change it. Uh, city of Toronto said, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do. I'm like, okay, I'm also sorry, there's nothing I can do. <laughs> So, so you, 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 that show was going to go on until 9. I, mean. I said the show was going to go on to 9. At that time, I'm like, whatever noise is going to come after, let's deal with it at that time. Yeah. But right now, we cannot, it, the, the, it's, a, it's quite a big machine. We cannot just move it. Yeah. So, um, and that's where I think uh, the city of Toronto felt that we were being some kind of haughty, we were being insubordinate. Okay. Why did they, and the director of Parks and Recreation came to the park on that day. At, uh, he, because we went up to about eight, uh, 9.15. And he was, <laughs> he, was, he was there standing with me and like, shut it down. I'm like, the band is already playing, you know. It, wow. It, I cannot just go on saying I pull out the plug. And just pull the plug, yeah. Yeah, so I just <laughs> didn't give me, and then I told the band to kind of, uh, to, to calm me down. And finally, uh, when they did, I knew we had a hot potato in our hands. I knew this was a problem that we're going to have to uh, spend. To deal with the next year. Yes. And so the, now the next year came up and they said, no, you cannot do this. The important thing is sometimes, you know, you have a team of people working together and there's bad blood. So there were certain people within the Music Africa organization and certain people within the city of Toronto that could not work together. together. Okay. Now, I didn't know this. So I'm leading an organization, but behind me, there were people who were doing stuff and writing letters to all other, kinds, all other parts of the city that I was not aware of. So what happened is, finally, when I met with the city of Toronto and I asked them, what's going on? That's when they presented all these letters to me. <laughs> You're like, what did I walk into? <laughs> then I realized that, hey, there is something bigger going yeah. on here. It is not. They never said no to Music Africa because we did anything wrong. They don't want to work with us. No. They said no because certain people within the organization yeah. were doing and saying certain things to the city of Toronto that the city of Toronto never really liked. And irrespective of the respect that the African community may have for these people, that's, I, I would like to believe the city never really appreciated the approach. Okay. And so they, it was like, okay, we're going to teach you guys a lesson. A lesson. Okay. But then I, when I stepped in, and with the support of a few other board members, like, hey, you know what, this doesn't really affect us. Let us negotiate. Forget about what has happened in the past. Let us create a new reputation. Let's give our organization a new narrative. One of the questions that they asked me, so are we going to be dealing with you from now on? I'm like, yep. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know, then, then it, from there on, it changed. And at this point, I was like, I can walk into City Hall and say, hey, I'm facing this problem, and I'll get somebody who's going to listen to me directly. Somebody's yeah. going to pay attention to the issues that we're facing. I feel that it's huge. Yeah. So we've, we've come a long way. So in a sense, you're saying like you essentially repair a long feud or uh, made the relationship better, which is, um, and, and I know I was talking to somebody about this, and I was telling them, you know, sometimes even the person with least amount of talent 
if he's a good person and he shows up and he has the um like he's willing to work, he gets way more opportunity than the guy that's actually talented but it's hard to work with. Yes, yes. In hindsight, do you regret like letting the show go to nine o'clock or you're like <laughs> why didn't we go up to ten? That's my question. <laughs> so you're like the house on fire, let's burn it down kind of thing. No, no. Um <laughs> I knew if you could take it back, would you have still let it get to nine? That's an interesting question. If now I, that you knowing what you know. Knowing what I know right now, would yeah. I have let it Would you go? still have one through with the nine o'clock? Yes, I would have. Okay. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't have changed. I wouldn't have changed the thing. Because if in February we were told we could not do it up to nine, yeah. I would not have done it. It would have been shut down. Okay. Yes. So once we were given the green light and were told... Because you have an artist contract. The, on the artist contract, it says you're going to be performing between 8 and 9 o'clock. Yeah. Okay. We've paid this guy about $20,000. To come, yeah. To come in. And you uh-huh. can't just... And, and usually those artists are the main event. They're the that, one to close out. Exactly. The, the, okay. So how are we going to defend this to our audience? <laughs> and say, hey, we've well, signed this, audit, this artist yeah. to come in. Hey, they're here. We ran out of time. We're not, no, yeah. It would, it would, yeah. It, it probably would have done more bad than Now that you put it out, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah. Let him go. Yeah, so. And uh, then deal with it after. Yeah, exactly. So that's. Uh, um, that's a lot of. I, I'm learning, man. I, I like to listen. <laughs> no, honestly, like I'm saying, like, we, we've worked at least, because AfroFest after party, um, next year will be our 10th year that we've been doing in Motherland ENT. I've got on there two, three years after. So for at least seven years, we've had. To work together, and I think our relationship in terms of working has just grown bigger and bigger. I could tell me and Peter was working too much when he would usually you would call Jacques. Like everything that was happening, like Jacques would relay the message. Yeah, yeah. And then sometimes I would go in there, I go like, "Oh, Jacques, I was talking to Peter about this. We're thinking about doing this." He's like, "Oh, Peter didn't call me." I was like, "Oh, you." <laughs> <laughs> I guess Peter. Now I'm his favorite guy that he calls. So essentially, which is good. Um, I want to talk a little bit about entertainment in Toronto. Okay. This might cause this might rough a little a few uh, feathers, but uh, I'm just I, I like to sit back and just and just look what's going on and and I think we've we've came a long way. At least I mean I don't know. You probably have a better perspective, as in you've been seeing it for a longer period of time. Um, in terms of artistry and local artists, in your opinion, what do you think? Like, what is one thing that would help? local Toronto artists just become like the next step up that you think they have not captured? What is the m- biggest missed opportunity in, in, in other words that you see? Perspective. Okay. Okay. And, and, break, break, break. Oh, I'm ready. I'm waiting for you. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and I'll, I'll... Yeah. I think... And I, I appreciate this question, yeah. and, I, and I hope that this message goes out to Toronto so that they can, they can, yeah. they can get... They, there's a link. that certain things are missing. One is, I, I don't think, as an artist, for, uh, I'm going to break it down, so please. And you know what, just, <laughs> I, I mean, maybe we should have had an artist here, but hey, you guys are not here, we're just, we're, <laughs> we're, trying, we're trying to be fair in our assessment, I mean, at least in your assessment, I'm just here to try to... I'm glad there's no artist here. Yeah, okay, it would have been a no, fight. No, 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 not that it would be a fight, because... <laughs> they expect, I'm sorry to say this, yeah. but most artists expect too much because they feel they've done too much, but yet they give too little. Okay. In the sense that I give you an example of a guy who 
five years ago did the same show for us, and this year he came and did the same show. If I never knew any of his other work, and yeah. I hired him just based on the work that he does for me, tell me, am I going to hire him again? No, I can't. No. Because in my mind, he has not evolved. So artists, I feel sometimes they lack that perspective of I'm working with this guy. I have to develop a relationship with this person. Yeah. And my relationship with this person should not affect my relationship with the next person. When they feel that, hey, I'm an artist, so everybody's supposed to know me. Somebody once met me and said, hey, I, I, I'm this person. Don't you know me? <laughs> Do you, do, you, do you think we're, uh, it's a little bit egotistical? Like, do we feel like, I mean, I was, I, I was having, a, and shout out to, to Eve's eye. We were having a conversation, and I think the deeper we got into the conversation, she started to maybe, like, saying, like, oh, shit, like, maybe what I was saying made a little bit more sense. Um, and I, I wouldn't, I, I don't want to say I'm known or not known. I, I personally don't care about that. And I always tell people that my focus is not to become the most, popular person where there's MC you know that's not my focus my focus is to get on the craft yeah is get the craft good enough that when I do it it's like and one of the biggest compliments I was getting at Afrofest and being that was my first time ever and even me and you had a conversation beforehand yeah now, I know you're my guy right <laughs> but you could tell Peter was a little like are you sure you know, you got the joke straight. I said, Peter, you know, we're going to find out. <laughs> yeah. On well, the day. Well, and, 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 and I mean, and just to tell you, because as even though you, and, and I appreciate the opportunity and you gave it to us and we have a relationship, you probably see different things. I was, while maybe you wasn't aware of, I was definitely like working on that day. Like everything was set up. Like before I even had a, a chance or even we even had the conversation about it, I was like, I definitely want to do it. But I never, I've never, i never came up to him like, Peter, please put me on. Me, you've yeah. never had that conversation. Yeah. But what I would do is I would just do the work and just let you, you know, figure out on your own. It's almost like, you know, promoting. Like, you want to promote, you want to promote. But yeah. people only shift their focus on what interests them. And that, that, that's important in a way because when you do work, people get to see. Yeah. So I, I would like to believe that I see what's going on with the African entertainment industry in Toronto. Right. As much as people don't may, may not know that I see or that that, that people out oh, there, Peter, looking. you see everything. No, 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 I will not put it that way. But yeah, I pay, I, I pay attention yeah. to it. Student uh, in the game. Yeah. yeah. So um, when I saw you, you started doing your podcast and everything, I said, okay, now we're looking for an MC. Um, even East Eye, that was the first year of. Uh, yeah. And ask her. There's a backstory to Eve's eye. <laughs> I, I think we might have touched it last on the on the last episode that we did. Um, but I think, go ahead. Yeah, yeah because um, when I spoke to East, I asked, okay, um, are you able to do this? Are you, do you think you're able to handle it? <laughs> she told me, she told me no. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, I said, I'm like, okay, you out there, <laughs> this you, is, yeah. you do videos. You do, you speak and you do all what not, you do right. voiceovers and what and you're telling me that you're not able to do this. I'm like, how can you? Yeah. You know, and we had that conversation where I basically told her that, look, this is a, a, it's a, a seamless transition. Even mm -hmm. if you're not able to do it, you have to reconsider. Yeah. And then she came back and said, okay, yeah, I'll give it a shot. Okay. You know, so 
part of what we do and personally is identifying people who may have specific skills and right. then give them at least one rope. At, at least one opportunity. I, I, I mean, that's what I was thinking. I was like, listen, this thing is either going to go good or it's going to go bad. Yes. But I know that... Like I didn't like I had to just get on there and do me in a sense, right? Like exactly. it, it was it was just that's what it was. And and I think in the community and what the platform does, especially uh Music Africa creates with Afrofets, it, it is the biggest. Yeah, it like, is. Like in, in terms of if you want to do anything in the African community, it does not get bigger uh than that. Do you think in your perspective, some people kind of mismanage or mishandle the platform that's given to them, and just kind of like that. I would go the. That, that's that's a two-edged sword, mm-hmm. because um, yes, some people may may uh, may not re- give it its due respect, but on the uh, the flip side, I would say maybe we have not given them the reason to give it a full respect. Okay. So that's another way to look. Yeah, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. So when I oh. see that kind of a person. I always try as much as possible to uh, to make sure that the next time I interact with them, I give them a reason to respect the platform mm-hmm. and respect the work that we're doing. But let's rewind a bit. You asked me a question on the African entertainment industry. Oh, yeah, no, I was, <laughs> I was trying to get you out of <laughs> No. <laughs> I, got, I, got, I, I was got. trying to get you out, but okay, let's go. <laughs> yeah, no, because because I feel this is a, this is a, a big part of what what uh, we do, and uh, we interact with artists yeah. uh, almost all the time. Um, and so, when we look at the African entertainment industry here in uh, Toronto, especially working with artists, I feel um, that some artists that are really putting in the work. But then, look at it this way. Where is the market? Artists spend a lot of time promoting... I'll give you an example. An Afrobeat artist. They spend a lot of time promoting Afrobeat in Toronto. My question is, where is the biggest Afrobeat market in the world? The biggest Afrobeat market in the world is in Africa. Ghana, Nigeria, then you have other other countries. Yeah, okay. okay. Why are you spending a lot of time and money promoting here? So that's a, especially if you're like you're from Ghana or you're from Nigeria, right? Exactly. It will only make sense um, that when you go back to trying to create these exactly opportunities or relationships. So that that's the one. The one is I feel most of the African artists are missing the market. Mm-hmm. The market is not missing them, and the the adoption of most African music or most uh, most African artists, the way it works is. You make a hit song in Toronto, nobody pays attention to you. You go to Africa, people pay attention to you, then Toronto now pays attention to you. Right. So, if an African artist really wants to make it big, do your work here, take it back to Africa. You're trying to go promote it. Try to sell it there. Okay. And when I say promote it, it's not go there, (laughs) send WhatsApp message. (laughs) <laughs> you already know what I'm about to say, right? Like, you have one or two friends, you know, um, say, okay, can you share it with your... No. Yeah. In every industry, in every market, in every country, you've got the kingpins. Develop a relationship with these people. Okay. And if it means paying some money, radio, 
TV, whatever the case yeah. may be, pay that money to advertise. Because once your song now becomes a regular, people are going to download it. DJs are going to pick it. When they pick it, that's when bookings start. I think as uh, African artists are missing that particular element. Yeah. Now, the other part of it is African artists, unfortunately, and most artists, um, not maybe mostly African, but uh, other artists may fall into this uh, trap. They don't. Uh, they're not looking outside their predominant market. So I'll give you an example. Um, we've got music conferences that go on every year. Yeah. I'll give you. There's a Mondial in Montreal. There is a Visa for Music in uh, Morocco. There is Massa in Ivory Coast. Happens every two years. The one of the biggest in the world is called Womex. This year, Womex is happening in uh, Las Palmas, uh, Canaries Island. This, uh, these music expos, they bring together arguably 1,000, 1,500 music professionals. So people who book artists from all around the world. Right. Now my question is, how many African artists even know that such platforms exist? How would an... Because the where most African... When you hear an African artist is going on tour, most of the time, they've had representation at these global platforms. Yep. So it's maybe not their manager going, but their manager has got... Or the artist has got an agent that will go and present in the brochure, will present XYZ artist. Even you know, with the Canadian Music Week that happens here almost, uh, that happens here every year, how many African artists actually work and say, okay, I'm going to perform for the actual Canadian music, not subsidiary events. Yeah. I'm going to be featured in the brochure so that I can be seen by uh, a promoter in Colombia or a co promoter in, uh, say, Spain or promoter yeah. in Japan. A anyone. Like, I mean, that's true. It's never a missed opportunity in a sense, right? Yeah. You, you see, so I feel that we have a tunnel vision of what the market looks like, of what the market expects, and what we can deliver into this market for it to develop. We look at it like it is already developed, and so let's take whatever it gives to us. That is a mistake. Yeah. If you feel you're an artist and you know that your craft is good, then create. Man, you see, music is stupid. <laughs> Trust me, music is stupid. Yeah. You can never know what uh, the audience is going to like. Classic example is Man's Not Hard. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's... that's uh... The first time I listened to that song, you know, I'm like, what is this? <laughs> you were, I, I take it you were, you were not a fan of it. No, I was not. I was not. But then it was marketed. It was so left, it became right. Yeah. It became, I'm like, okay, you know what? Out of this nonsense, sense has come out of it. <laughs> there, there, is, there is some you, sense. You know what I really appreciated about that is like once the thing started catching up, they capitalized on, they, on, on, the, on the... On the hook. On the hook, they he, he didn't even have a song at the time, I think. No, no, no. He no, just no. had those couple of lines. They went to the studio, put the song together, went to Miami. I think he 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 went there, shot it, and it was like 30 millions in a week. It was it was crazy. And now, like, because I, I do follow him on Instagram, and, like, this guy's doing shows all over the world yeah. off one song. You know, and he's milking the 
everything oh, out yeah, of it. Oh, yeah, that thing is out of there. And uh, people uh, have really paid attention to what he's doing. So in that regard, music makes no sense. Yeah. You can never know what the audience is going to like. What makes sense is let the artist be original. Yeah. Just present yourself. Don't, yeah. don't try to copy what somebody else is doing or um, especially with African music, I'm <laughs> begging you. That's like, you know, I was about I, I was about to ask you. It's like for me, right? Like maybe I'm not the biggest. I don't have the biggest. Um, I don't. I don't want to say that. I, I do have an ear for catchy and good music. Yeah. Um, do you think there's really there are people that are like pursuing something that they really? You might want to pull them aside. Like, listen, this is oh, not tons. This is not for you. Um, and even uh, <laughs> I, I was even thinking about um, Afrofest. Uh, this year, when we had a couple of people that went in there, because um, we had the crowd coming in, we you know start to work the stage a little bit, and then there was an artist that went on there, and then everybody like ran away, scattered away from the thing. Um, but later on, um, this specific artist had a video person there, so they capture, edited a video. When she posted that video, and I watched it, I was like, "Yo, that is not the artist that I saw on stage." Yes. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, that. if you see the video without seeing the performance, you're thinking she killed it. Like, you're just thinking, like, oh, she was probably the main event. Do you sometimes <laughs> tell people, uh, you know what, this is not your dream. Leave it alone. Like, have you ever had to... Uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not going to name names. But, yes, um, I've worked with... so Not only with artists, mm -hmm. di with different uh, sectors within the, in the entertainment industry. Yeah, okay. So I'll give you an example. Somebody called, contacted me say, uh, uh, I want to be an MC. I work with the person uh, as an MC for one event. And I call the person on the side and say, look. <laughs> no. That's nice. It's not for you. Then, uh, <laughs> no, don't, don't, don't do that next time. <laughs> However, yes, 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 the tricky part of it. You know, the reason, reason why I'm laughing is because now that I think about it, um, all the opportunities I got so far came from you. And uh, you would show up. So I'm thinking, oh, yeah, Peter is here to, to, to support, which I'm sure you were. But now that I'm thinking about it, like, man, the Peter just... <laughs> Did you have to follow through on your, uh, on your word and your investment? Essentially, because people know you. They might not know me yet or whatever it is. So it's like, okay, if, you're, if I'm putting this guy up, let me go see. Of course. Um, <laughs> of course. Of course. I follow up. I, I, I talk to people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I I talk to people. I say, okay, hey, what's going on? I say, um, how, how do you see the show coming along? Yeah, I, no, people people give me a sense, and then I'll go there and check it myself. Um, I will not tell you anything at that point. Yeah, I may never tell you anything, but then if you see the opportunity, stop coming. <laughs> <laughs> just, just know yeah, that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you burned that bridge. No, yeah. I was just laughing because I was like, yeah, you were there. Even at the, I think at the wedding, I'm not, I'm just thinking like I was like, like damn, is Peter really spying on me? <laughs> no, <laughs> and I tell you, yeah, no, for sure. When I put you on a stage somewhere, if if it's a stage that I'm not comfortable with, yeah, I will show up just to see. And yes, and maybe I'll not even go into the event. I'll mm -hmm. just stand outside and just be listening. If it's a DJ, I'll put the DJ on stage and maybe just stand out and, and just watch. And just yeah. And uh, I'll maybe stay there for thirty minutes, make sure that yeah, okay, I'm comfortable. And then you'll leave, yeah. And then and then I'll leave, because it's uh, it's a brand that we're we're, we're we're representing, and the the artist or say the 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 it has happened to an artist. An artist, I told the artist that look, 
you're trying to do hip-hop, don't do it. Switch to XYZ kind of music. If you switch, you get more gigs. Right now, I can tell you, the artists follow through, switch the genre of music, they stop hip-hop, they focus more on African music, yeah. and their career is a lot better than it was when they were doing hip-hop. Mm-hmm. Same thing with the, uh, the MC I'm telling you about. Um, I would like to believe that I, I said, look, I will promote you. I will, I will give you a contract on promotion. Yeah. I will give you a contract on other things within the industry because I think you've got other strength. Yeah. But if it comes down to emceeing, I don't think that's it. That's not for you. The, yes. And when I say it, people may take it negatively. I mean, it hurts. <laughs> I mean, it, 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 it will sting you a little bit. But like I'm saying, I think you look at it two ways. The two ways I look at it. Okay. If you're not a supporter, how do I convert you over to a supporter? And it's like, okay, cool. If you're saying, oh, you're not good, like... If you're not specific about it, like I have to like take a look at it, and that's what I'm saying. I think in whatever you do, whether you're MC and I, and now I know we're talking about mostly like artistry, like but in whatever you do, even if it's your nine to five, you have to work continuously. Yes. To improve those skills, nobody is great the first time. I think the first show that we did, uh, which was at Warrior Ontario Museum. Yeah, uh, I didn't. I personally, I went in there. I was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm gonna mess this up." Like, I, I mean, and not putting that in my mind, but that was my first time ever. So I know, and it, and but I know I've improved because the beginning was a little shaky, but by the end, it was like yeah, you became, it, I, I became got comfortable more, and things yes. like that. And then I just built up um, no, from he, that. Here's the other thing, though. When I when I know when I criticize, I don't close the door. Yeah. So take for instance, if I come and tell you that, look. Um, I don't think this is for you. I will tell you that I think this other thing is for you. Yeah. And if you make the switch, I would support you. I would pay you to do this other thing. Yeah. The one you but, believe in. Yeah. Yes, but I'm not going to pay you to do this. Yeah. So in a way, it's not like as if I'm just shorting the door at somebody. No. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if you're willing to do this, I will hire you to do to do this extra stuff. Yeah. And sometimes I've even paid people more on that switch. Yeah. Just so that they don't feel down, they don't feel that hey, this guy is just out to throw uh, to just throw me under the bus or doesn't think I, I've got talent. No, I, I I will not do that because it takes a lot for somebody to actually go up there, out there and showcase themselves in any in capacity. everything that they do. Um, speaking of paying, how much have you ever s- trying to hire somebody and they gave you a number and you had to like spin back around and <laughs> yes, uh, <laughs> I'm, 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 so so. I'll give you an example. I hired an African artist. Guy is chilling in Africa. Somebody calls me. I say, how much? The guy tells me 50000 Wow. I'm like, 50000 artist fee? The guy's like, yeah. Were you talking whiz kid? Did this guy be whiz, no? No, 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 no. no, no. Not even. <laughs> not even. Not even. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm like, okay. Um, you know what? I'm not interested. The guy is like, how much do you offer? I'm like, I don't even start bargaining right now. The, the initial price you've given. It's way off. It's, it's way off. Okay. So uh, at the end of the day, we hired the, the, the artist for almost, uh, I would say, maybe 10% of that price. Wow. Yeah. Now, here's the tricky part. One interesting story. Artist comes to me. International artists, hey, Peter, I'm in Toronto. I'd like to perform at Afrofield. Oh, okay, fine, no problem. Um, how much? At the time, 
That was back, I think, 2012. I offered this guy 2,500. That's what my budget said. That's what I had. That's all I could give That's you. What, that you're already here, you know. Make the best out of it. The guy's like, a whole me perform for $2,500. Are you crazy? I better stay at home. I'm like, okay, no worries. That was about three months to Afrofest. Three weeks to Afrofest, the guy calls me up. That's when the promotion is going out. The guy is seeing... Yeah, you've uh, seen everything, yeah. Yes. The guy calls me up and he says, hey, Peter, uh, can you please uh, get me on the bill? I would like, please, I would like to perform at Afrofest. I'm like, look, um, right now that my budget has shrinked, I don't have two thousand five hundred. I only, I, on, I only have just about a thousand dollars. Guys, like you know what, Peter, man, I don't think I can leave a thousand. Okay, fine, no problem. No problem. Okay. A week to the show, honestly, the same guy calls me. Said, I really want to help you. You know, I really want to be on the show. Okay, no problem. How much can you give me the one thousand dollars? I'm like, guy. The show is in a week's time. <laughs> Your price has dropped. No, right now there is no space. Even if I want oh, to put you, you on, you can't even put them on. I cannot put you on. The guy is like, no. If you put me on, people are going to come. I'm like, no. We've already started advertising. It cannot happen. And 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 then I, I just I slipped up. I said, and by the way, on my budget right now, I just have four hundred dollars, which is just in case, you know, if in case something happens, I'm yes, able to. Okay. The guy is like. I'll perform if you give me that money. <laughs> Is it, so, so should artists then, uh, I think, w- would it be beneficial for them to have a manager to negotiate these things? Because this guy, he, he lost, he left a lot of money on the table for the same, uh, for the same gig he didn't, he wasn't interested in. Um, whether you have a manager or whether it, the artist comes by themselves, I think it, one is the attitude and the expectation. You know, because with whether it, whether it's with the, uh, the manager communicates with the artist, and just know your position. Yeah, it's it's like this in negotiation. I've had artists tell me, "Hey, um, international artists, especially um, Peter, how much? When I call, how much? Fifteen thousand euro. Okay. Um, at the end, I'd end up paying them three thousand Canadian dollars." <laughs> Holy shit. Uh, people ask, how do you move from 15,000 euro, which is close to, what, maybe 20, 25, 28? Yeah, like, 20, yeah. It's 20, almost, 000. it's a little bit less than half, no? If I'm... It's about Sorry, 1, sorry, 1. more 6. than... Well, okay. It's 1.6, 1.7. A little bit more than half, yeah. Yes. So, how do you move from that price to, this, uh, to about $3,000? And to me, I look at it as just... I think this, these artists do not understand, one, the show. They don't understand what we're trying to do. They don't understand their position in the market. Somebody may have had a hit 10 years ago, and they're depending on that reputation 10 years ago. Or somebody, because I have got friends around me who say, hey, I'm great, I'm great, I'm great. They feel that the whole world sees them that way. No. Yeah. When I'm hiring an artist, if it's for a page, I'm asking, how many tickets can you sell? <laughs> The hall can take 400 people. Yeah. How many can you bring? If you... I'm not going to lose money. How, how, how much... Um, for a local artist that you hire to a show, the very minimum, how many people you think that that person should be able to bring? At the, like, we're talking like very... Okay. Uh, it, 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 it's a mind shift. 
So previously, I would say up until last year, when I did a show with a local artist, I just did the show. I never really wanted, I never really considered, hey, bring somebody up. No, yeah. I'm just doing the show. And I'll advertise to people who are interested in the culture. Right now, if I'm doing a show, if I'm paying, say, $1,000 or $500 or $200 for this show, if the ticket is $20, you have to bring $20 worth, uh, $200 worth of people. If you're, About 10 people, yes, 10 heads. Yes, if yeah, I'm paying $800. <laughs> Yeah. At least, I mean, I don't know. Uh, what what, what and, do you think? And sorry, go ahead, go ahead. And people may say, hey, Peter, that's a bit steep. You know, that you're putting, I'm an artist. That, that's the excuse I get. I'm, a, <laughs> well, I'm an artist. I'm not a promoter. I'm not a promoter. I learned because I listen to people, and I learned a lot from Kevin Hart. I, uh, there was this interview Kevin Hart did, and he said, I've got on my social media about 50 million followers. Why do I have to go pay a marketing firm to market myself? I am my best promoter. I So I built a platform. I'm yeah. going to use this platform to the best of my ability. This is a comedian who is milking everything out yeah. of his audience to make sure that he gets paid. And artists will say, I'm just in the studio. I'm, I'm paying you money to stay in the studio. <laughs> but I, I also feel like, I, and I also think there are people with um, with a big following, or so it seems, but they can't sell two tickets. What do you think the disconnect is with, with that? Okay, okay. Because they're not putting in the work. Okay. I'll give you an example. There was a show I did, one of my most successful shows. I had phone numbers. Just the fact that I picked up the phone. Hey, I have a show coming up. Are you interested? I would like you to come. It's going to be an interesting show. I had about 100 people that I had to call. 60 of them showed up. Well, Just because I do. So what I think we do is we send generic emails. Just on email blast. It's not personal, but yeah. We don't, we don't, we don't. The, the our audience, if we are an artist and we're trying to de- develop a personal fan base, yeah. it is important to have a personal relationship Relation, yeah. with the people so that they will find they will find it um, necessary to come out and support you. Yeah. How most of the artists right now they don't do this. Yeah. They send their work out, they present a show, but they don't inform people. They yeah. just say, Hey, okay, I'm gonna post it on my Instagram. I'm going to post it on my Twitter, yeah. my Facebook. People are going to see and come out because it is me. No. no. <laughs> you definitely got to interact. People love that kind of stuff. Exactly. They feel respected. Even, put put out your show. My show is at $20. The people who you're expecting, tell them, hey, you know what? For you, $10. Yeah. Don't, don't tell anybody that I'm going to give you a $10, but your price is $10 because, you know, we cool. Yeah. In this way... First of all, they feel special. They recognize that, hey, this person really wants us to come and see it. The rest of the people pay $20. Yeah. Secondly, what, what artists don't do is the management of an artist within a show sits up, oh, that's my artist. You know, hey, that's my guy. Yeah. You know, so 
when I see that happening, yeah. I'm like, you're wasting your time. You're not going to last in the business. Go shake some hands. Because what you need to do, work the audience. Have your paper. Have your pen. Can I have your email address? Can I have your phone number? Develop that list. Hey, do you like this artist? Do you like to have more information? Okay, here is a CD. Do you want the CD for free? $5, $10. Interact with the people. Yeah. Make the people feel, or the audience that has come to the show, make them feel welcome. Make them feel that, hey, you know, even though I just came to this show, I'm getting something more out of it. I have known somebody. I think if an artist would do that, they will not need, they'll be able to stand, put their own show out and sell 200, 300, 400 tickets. Easy. And they should be good. Yeah. Um, and we're speaking of show. We are preparing one of the biggest show. I think in my view, uh, people are, they're, they're kind of, I don't want to say sleeping, but it's like this is, I think this is. This is it. This is going to be one of the biggest show. Fali will be in Toronto. Yes. This actual Friday. So um, I will release this early Thursday. So I let people, you know I mean? We mentioned at the beginning of the show, but in case you skip and you got to the end, to the meaty, greedy stuff, this is happening Friday. Yeah. Now, how much, how excited are you, first of all, of, of this happening here? Because I know we, this has been in the works for a very, very long time. Yes. A lot of people have tried to pull this off. A lot of people have tried to pull this off. And uh, it, has, it has never fallen through. The main reason is it is it is expensive. He's not a he's not a small artist. He's one of the most um, talented uh, right now. He's one and he has been one of the most talented artists in Africa for uh, for a bit. And considering that, by virtue of the nature of his band and the way his music works, <laughs> not anybody can play it. Not anybody can do it. Nobody can present his craft the way he does. He it. does, yeah. So. When uh, Congolese artist is coming and he say, okay, he's coming with a crew of, say, 15 people. Wow. Now, that is significant. So you're thinking of the cost of the show, the cost, it, it's heavy. And I think that's one of the reasons. And, and the way he does business also, if you don't pay him all his money, he's not showing up. He doesn't get on the plane. So he needs to be... Is, he, is, is, that, is that a riskier way to, to book an artist? No. Or are we confident that, like, uh, not him in particular, but I'm saying, like, because you book a lot of artists, what is your preference? Um, half and half, or, or how, how do you like to go about it? If, if you can... It depends on the artist I'm dealing with. Okay. Okay, there's some artists, especially for Afrofest. I don't send money out. If you're coming to Afrofest, I can tell you. If you want me to pay you immediately, you land at the airport, one, I would give you your air ticket, Ale, Retu, I'll pay for your hotel, <laughs> yeah. so, so that you will see that that part has it been done. Has been done, yeah. So you're not going to come to Canada and get stranded. Yeah. You're not, it's not like you don't have a place to sleep, no. you get comfortable. Once you land here, I'll pay your money. Because uh, I'm not willing to get into fights with artists who take money, take my money from us, go abroad. And, but it, then, it's a harder to track, right? Yes. But then there's a higher echelon of artists that, you're de that you deal with that you're comfortable. Them, Wizkid and Davido and Fali, Pupa. Um, these are artists that they've got solid management. The artists that they guard their reputation as much as you are guarding yours. Mm -hmm. So when you have a contract and the artist says, okay, I need 100% of my money before I leave my contract, okay, fine. 
I'm, you can't go back and forth. Yes, I'm, I, I will give you the 100%. All I'm asking you is make sure you show. Yeah. So when there is that understanding and uh, the artists themselves, they see that, okay, this is a repeatable organization and a repeatable individual that I'm dealing with, yeah. it becomes easy. In your opinion, um, where do you put Fali in terms of as an artist right now? Like amongst the Davido, Wizkid, everybody else, in your personal... Um, and I know he probably one of your favorite artists, but if you had to give it an unbiased opinion, where do you put him? Jeez. You, go e- you don't go easy, huh? <laughs> I think I have an idea. But even... And, and to even follow okay. up with that is that when I was trying to explain to people, because when people see me promoting it, they like... They trying to understand, oh, is this guy big? Or Especially, like, I think if you're not French, you might not have yeah. been exposed to it. But if you had to give people a little bit of a history lesson. Okay, if I have to give people a bit of a history lesson. First, on Fali. Um, they, I mean, people, you understand he's a Kofi Olomide's protege. Kofi Olomide is arguably one of the top African artists that I ever dated. All Afri- time. African woman, yeah. Now, Fali comes a bit different. As an artist right now, I would like to believe that in Africa, he's one of the pure performers. Like, when it comes to performing, when it comes to being just an artist, creativity, he's on top. And the reason I'm saying this is, at a Davido show, it's playback. Yeah. The sounds have been pre-created. Um, say with Wizkid, he does. He can either do playback or he can give you a full live show. But if you look at the, uh, the number of instruments that Wizkid is working with, it's one more traditional instruments, and uh, two, most of the sounds are not. Um, the, the sound is not really diverse. So there's o- there's o- there's only so much you can stretch Afrobeat. Afrobeat is heavy on lyrics. It's not too heavy on sound. Mm-hmm. If you listen to an Afrobeat song, you use one tune from beginning to end. Yeah. That's the song. It's okay. This is the tune. If you get if you get the first 30 seconds or one minute of that song, you, yeah, can, you have a song, yeah. Yes. If you pick up a Congolese song, every 30 seconds it changes. <laughs> it changes the frequency. Yeah. You get and so, Congolese sukus, Congolese rumba is more difficult, difficult to create, and it is more difficult to recreate on stage. And this is something that Congolese artists do on a consistent ba- basis. And considering that Fali Ipupa is arguably one of his, the artist, the Congolese artist who's on top, he's one of the best who is doing that right now. Yeah. Of course, if you go back, you, you, if you look at people, say, like Kofi Olomide or them, uh, Werason, all these guys, yes, these are guys who did it before Fali Pupa. You give them a lot more credit. Yeah. But right now, when it comes to creating music, I give he he he, yeah. He's arguably the best. He's arguably. I, the I best. feel like and um and, and the reason why I'm excited about it is because, um, right after Afrofest, uh, you put on the show Afrofest Reloaded, which I hosted, um, and it was pure like live band and, and yes. type of thing. Now the show wasn't a, as big of a turnout. We and we spoke about it, but out of all the shows that I either been to, hosted, whatever it is, that still stands out to me today. Yes. Because that and and we talked about it like that is 
artistry. Like, this is, like, people really playing with their voice, getting the band going, like, the in-between and set like that. So, to me, I'm like, why don't more artists do it that way? Is it is it a, is just because it's harder or to do, or...? It is a lot more harder. Hard, and apart from being more difficult, that's when you see a real artist. Okay. You see, um, a lot of artists... They get into the business because of, hey, I would like to be famous. <laughs> you know, this is this is this that's is a fact. This is a way that out. That is a fact, yeah. You know, but there's some people that get into the music because they cannot live without it. Yeah, this is who they are. Fali Pupa, I went, I watched one of his concerts online. Guy, the guy stopped the concert, picked up the bass guitar, and he was leading with the bass. Wow. The guy was playing the uh, and. It is not easy to do with a Congolese black band as complicated as how his band is right now. So for him to, to tell the bass guitar, give me your bass, uh, your bass guitar, and while his dancers are dancing on stage, he is the one playing. I was shocked. It's amazing. Yes. So those, those are guys who are called, those are real artists. Yeah. When they are creating, and I don't know, I don't know. Um, I'm sorry. Our artists here don't create. Here in Toronto, yeah. artists don't create. Or very, very, very few, very few artists create. I'm with you. I'm with you in the sense every time I listen to somebody's song, um, I just feel like I heard the same thing, but I heard a better version from a different from a bigger yeah. artist. So it's like if I want to listen to you, cool, but like I could just go to like, you know, the the top guy. Like I go to Davido and listen to him instead. Why am I listening to yes. something that's like literally like the same thing? Um, you know, I can't remember what artist it was. The other day I was listening to something. I was listening to a song, um, which I thought was original from that particular artist. And then I was on Spotify. I like to go on Spotify and just pick random playlists because this is where I get to like discover new song, new artists, and things like that. And you also gave me homework last time. I started listening <laughs> to Naza. And then I realized, yo, this guy is... Because I know you, you you told me, and I was like, who, Neza, who? And he's like, no, not that guy. I was like, okay, let me, you know what? I won't bother you anymore. Let me go figure out. So I started listening to it. And as I'm listening to this playlist, there's a song that came in. I recognized the song right away because the beat stood out. Yeah. And I was like, but wait, this is, it was the same exact song that this bigger artist made. And then somebody just copy it. Literally just switch out two lyrics. And they had put it all, and I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what, we, what is we, the what is the what is the point of that? Like, there's no there's no longevity in these kind of yeah. these kind of tactics. And that, and no no not to discredit the artists in Toronto. I know yeah. a, a lot of them are trying and and, and I don't friends. know. After this today, we might get some death threats. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> like, it, you see, it is the truth. Yeah. We, we are the consumers, yeah. and apart from being a consumer, I would like to believe that um, I'm one of the people. This year alone, I, I was doing my uh, because every at the end of every year, I kind of analyze the work that I do. Yeah. This year alone, um, I worked with about three hundred and forty artists. Yeah. Or, I mean, you, I mean, your opinion holds value because behind the scenes, I don't think like there's only a few other people that do it to the level you do it. So I think it'll it'll be it'll so be I'm, a I'm, disservice. I'm, no, yeah. I mean it is. It's I mean regardless of how you feel, you cannot take away. Um, the opinion that the I'm opinion that, and yeah. um, and and the time that you've put in. So we're not just here. Like I mean, mostly is you know I'm trying to learn from things that you're saying. Uh, but I mean, 
I don't want to say facts, but like it, it will be hard to dispute. You know what yeah, I mean? Yes. It'll be hard to dispute what you say. No. Um, sorry, go ahead. No, yeah. Um, so what I was what I was just about to say is uh, I'm not trying to put down any African artists here in Toronto. Yeah. However, um, I feel they are lacking in terms of creativity. That's all. Yeah. Um, if if I feel if they they are a bit more original. When I say original, I'm not saying original lyrics. Yeah. I'm saying original in the sense that, hey, um, I've gone to this traditional artist and I've seen a different kind of music instrument. Yeah. Now, how can I in, in, uh, incorporate a shaker? How can I, in, hey, um, this guy produces maybe a, a reggae tune and uh, my sound is mostly Afrobeat. Now, reggae is heavy on, um, on the bass. Afrobeat maybe uh, heavy on the lead guitar. How can I incorporate these two to, Into the two, yeah. to to make my thing a bit like come up with different something different, so that when somebody listens to you, they will follow the tune, but they're getting a different vibe out yeah. of your music. You know, I think uh, when we go to the studio and uh, say, okay, I'm going to put, I'm going to create a track, and I'm going to sell this track, and then an African artist goes and buy the track from the producer and the things over the track, you've done yourself a disservice because you've reversed the cycle. You've not created. Yeah. You're forcing yourself to fit into a model. You have to create, the, as an artist, you create the model. I was uh, privileged, one of the top African artists, to see where they're creating one of their songs. The artist came into the studio. He had written the song, came into the studio, and sang the song the way he envisioned it. Sang it once, sang it twice. After he sang it twice, the bass, when the third time he was singing it, the bass guitarist already had a line for him. Okay. The bass, as the bass guitarist gave his line, he's like, okay, no, no, change it here. As the bass guitarist is, 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 is uh, fixing his thing, the lead guitarist is already figuring out how he's going to come in. Yeah. It took them eight hours to create this. Play, stop. Play, stop, fix it here. At the end of the day, when they played the song... You were shocked. <laughs> that is creation. <laughs> Not what we're doing. But, I mean, hopefully with, with the, within time and, and things like that, um, I, think, I think we'll get better. I think, I, think, I think artists will be better. And I think this is... Uh, we'll leave this maybe for part two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, part two part of the conversation but um before we wrap things up any anything that we missed maybe the that you thought was i think we touched a little bit on on, on a lot of things and uh, yeah. hopefully we didn't we don't get i, I don't know you probably get all these death threats don't send no death threats <laughs> to me I ain't no, got no, time. no 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 <laughs> um, everything that i said I, I hope that i hope that people will take it in a, a positive light yeah yeah uh, it's we're not saying anything here to uh to be negative. Yeah, no, we're not trying to bash nobody. Yes, uh, it is just... Hoping. And if anybody feels uh, otherwise, you know, when you see us, come, let's have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm big on that. It's like, yo, that is, you don't have to agree with anything I say, but when you see me, don't feel ways. Approach me. Because I know I've done that a few times with a couple uh, of guys here and there. Um, but yeah, Fali's this Friday, yes. August 31st. Please, please uh, get your tickets. I know a lot of people call me and... Uh, do not wait till the last minute. Do not. Because first, I'll first be all, hard to get a VIP, hold of. VIP tickets are almost done. Um, I think the, the VIP tickets that we have right now, yeah. um, the ones online are done. And yeah. then we, have, we just have tickets that we've given out. A couple people. ones that you have here. Yeah. And there. Okay. So uh, please, uh, we don't want a situation where uh, 
yeah. Peter, I was trying to come. I didn't. I, I know we get that all the time. And I know uh, concert is Friday, seven to eleven thirty. Yes. Please come on time. Please. Uh, what time should we expect Fali to to be on? Like uh, I was no. saying, ten o'clock. Yes, Fali should hit the stage anytime between ten and ten thirty. Ten thirty, and then give us a good show. So I mean, the biggest. And the the thing is, if you've worked with me, man, you know. <laughs> oh no, I don't. But when Peter tell me seven, I'm there six o'clock. Uh, and, and honestly, the only person that I've ever worked with that when they say seven, six thirty, you're late. Yeah, it it's I feel, it, it goes on. Yeah. yeah. So if we say that she's gonna start at seven o'clock, or it's gonna is start it at after 10. party going on? Yeah, uh, after party is gonna be at uh, Kiza Lounge. Kiza Lounge. Okay. Yeah. We'll probably get more details to announce uh, as the as the show go on, or even the day of. Um, anything else? Do we no, no, no. I we're good to go. Yeah, we we good. I think uh, the rest we can catch it on a, on a later date. Yeah, I mean, I appreciate. I really appreciate you coming up here. And um, yeah, when you called me, you told me I'm coming on. I was like, oh man, I made it. <laughs> if Peter <laughs> called me without getting the invite, that means he's he's ready to go. But thank you, I appreciate it, man. No, no, I, I appreciate you having uh, spending your time here. It's almost midnight, but I. We're ready to go. All right. Well, thanks everybody for tuning in once again. This is the Activated Podcast, your host Ebu, and uh, you've officially been activated. Peace. Peace.